Well, if you and I are honest, um, there are plenty of times when it's easy to be kind and nice to everyone around us, but not to our spouse. I, I can be good and kind-hearted to people all day long, and I can get home, and within 10 minutes, I've got some negative thing I lay on Dina, and I just, I don't know why. I don't treat her as nicely and kindly as I want to. So this is a session for me, John Fuller. <laughs> I'm joined by Dr. Greg Smalley and his wife, Erin. They both do counseling, and so listen in. Uh, they lead the Focus Marriage team here, and um, seriously, I laugh, but it's, it is a problem. Why is it a problem, and why is it so good, Erin, to admit, oh, I'm sorry, like I did the other night. I, I actually looked at Dina, and I said, I'm so sorry. I was triggered, and I, I just blurted that out. It wasn't a good moment. Please forgive me. Well, because it repairs it. It reestablishes connection. And so often we don't do that. And then 20 times down the road, you know, walls start forming. And, you know, then your spouse is like, oh, I got to protect myself. And that's not what we want. And I I smile when I, I think about this, you know, that we can be kind to everybody else, but not our spouse. The worst is when we have an interaction right before I'm walking out the door to go see a couple for counseling. And like we have this negative interaction and then I walk out and I'm driving to my office and I'll be thinking, how can I sit with another couple when I was just so rude to Greg? And I never fails, right? I will text, <laughs> I will call, please forgive me. I was just stressed getting out the door and I didn't mean it. And can we talk about it after I get home? Well, I, and just I, to mess with her, I go, no. <laughs> just knowing that, how it's going to mess yeah, with her. Yeah, I know, I'm sorry, but I, I need to correct the record. That's not the worst when you're on your way to a counseling appointment. The worst is when we're sitting in the studio about to record these podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> which happened this day, yes. right? Or how about... What happened earlier today? Just yes. go ahead and share that. You thought that you might have hurt his feelings. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. what did I, oh because I, I wondered if I criticized you, if you felt criticized. Yeah. And I was just noting something on the prep that he had done, and I didn't... Yeah, so I was like, hey, did, I, did, you, did you feel criticized? And he was like, no. But the other one that is... Was, I do that was, now. I just want to say that was a, that was such a great example of uh, keeping in, in connection keeping and, and seeing, in your words, if I had to repair anything. Yes. And I, I asked him, do I need to repair? The worst is that when you're walking up on a stage to speak together. Oh, that's true. That does happen. <laughs> <laughs> and so a comment is made or Greg tells me he changed something yeah. as we're walking up. I'm like, oh, great. Well, my commitment to our audience is we'll make sure that you're all repaired and good to go, that there's no <laughs> duplicity here, that you're not putting on airs. I don't feel criticized. I love I'm the good. two of you for your transparency and the way you model a healthy marriage, uh, ups and downs. Well, it was funny because when Aaron was asking me, hey, did, did that did you feel criticized? Yeah. The mic was picking it up, and you were trying to do your part, and so you just <laughs> yes. kind of stopped and looked at yeah. us and, like, just repair. You guys and work on you, on you, and then yeah, we'll exactly. talk to the audience. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's go ahead and listen to a conversation we had uh, about this matter with Bob Lapine. Uh, he joined Jim Daly and me to share more. He and his wife, Marianne, have been together for over 40 years. I've known them. I love them as a couple. I think you'll really enjoy this. The difficulty, Bob, there's so much of our flesh in us. And I mean, the whole thing seems to be how God can empty us as we become more like him. Mm -hmm. We become less selfish right down the line. Yeah. So this agape love that you're describing, it might be even easy to show it to others out there. You know, you could take care of somebody who has a need, a neighbor who has a need. 
it sometimes becomes really difficult to show it to your spouse. Oh, I don't know how many times. Button pushing, exactly. you know, all of it. I mean, so why the most important person in our life do we struggle sometimes showing the greatest love that we should show? I've talked to couples who say, we'll be in the middle of some intense fellowship. Because you know? <laughs> so, Christians don't argue. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> so there's a, there's a fight going on between the husband and wife and they're they're loud and they're they're angry. And then the phone rings and all of a sudden they go, hello. <laughs> yeah, right. They just switch it off. So we can be nice to the person on the phone or the person at the door. We can shut it all down. But I, I think this goes to the fact that the people who are close to us are the ones who can can wound us most deeply. And so we often have this kind of a, a reaction to the wounding. Mm. But it also goes, Jim, to what you're saying. The flesh wars against the spirit. So Paul in Romans 7 said, there are things I want to do that I don't do. There are things I do I I hate. Right. Wretched man that I am. This is our battle. And so to say we want to have agape love, you don't just say, well, that's a nice thought. I think I'll do that tomorrow. Right. No, you have to strap this on every day. You got to get up every day and say, I need a self-emptying. I need to have this mind in me that was in Christ Jesus who emptied himself for us. Yeah. Bob, I, I want to continue on the agape love theme because I think it, it, it's refreshing and it should refocus us and recenter us as believers. And in this me-oriented culture, I mean, it all seeps into the believing community as well. It's not like we have some barrier there unless we pursue that barrier, meaning a relationship with Christ. So when you look at uh, couples, you continued in the book talking about they may have attractiveness, intelligence, success, charm, all the things that get you through this life. But if they don't have agape love, they don't have anything. Well, that's, that's, that's a big statement. That's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13. He starts off and says, you can be talented, you can be generous, you can have spiritual gifts. If you have any of these things and you don't have love, you have nothing. Not you have less, you have nothing. So mm. this is the foundational aspect of the Christian life. And you apply that in a marriage relationship and say, if if you don't have a commitment to love one another, think about what we tell couples at the altar. Look, you're pledging for better or worse, sickness and health, rich or poorer, no matter what comes, you're going to sacrifice for one another. And we, we look at each other and bat our eyes and say, oh yes, that's going to be easy. And then we realize, oh, this is much harder mm. than I realized. I was sitting down yesterday with a couple who have been married for more than 40 years, that they are active in their local church. They became Christians in their 20s. They've got grown kids, both professional people, and they do not like living together. They do not like one another. There's a wall between the two of them, and they don't know how to escape it. And so I I said, share your story with me. And they're, they're going through this. And really two things emerge. One is there have been uh, pain from the past, and then there are patterns in the present. So the pain of the past where they've hurt and scarred one another, and they've they've had an incomplete forgiveness around some of those things, and the wounds are still there and still open. And then they've got patterns in the present. I mean, you, you guys know Dr. John Gottman's work on the four apocalypse. The, the, he calls them the, the four horsemen of the marriage apocalypse. He says when there is contempt, when there's criticism, when there's stonewalling, when there is defensiveness in a marriage relationship, those are the seeds for a marriage to come apart. This couple was saying, we got all of those between the two of us. We don't like being together. Uh, I'm, I'm angry with her about this. She doesn't like this about me. And I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, 1 Corinthians 13 speaks to all of this. I said, love is patient. Are you patient? 
Love is kind. Are you kind? Are you keeping a record of wrongs? Are, are you self-seeking? I mean, you can just go through this and everything that's been built up over 40 years is because there's not been intentionality to pursue the kind of work boot love that is talked about in the Bible that we have to cultivate. All right, so Bob brought up uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So many people have heard this at weddings. After more than 30 years of marriage, Greg and Aaron, which parts of that chapter especially stand out to you? Yeah, I really like when it says love keeps no record of wrongs. In other words, it, you know, love doesn't keep score. And just the other day, Aaron said something, and I said, well, don't forget that I just took out the trash or I unloaded the dishwasher. And she said to me, I'm sorry, are you keeping score? Oh. And I went, actually, that did feel like and sound like I am keeping score. I am so sorry. Are we playing tit for Tad? <laughs> yeah. And, and it's a good reminder because I, I probably have a tendency, maybe more Aaron than you, to kind of do that, to go, well, you know, I did all these things. And, and so I, I'm okay for you to do those things, the whatever she's agreed to do, in kind of like a, a separate thing. I'll do my stuff, you do your stuff. And, and I just like that. I, love doesn't keep score. Instead, love mm-hmm. gives grace. Love you know, offers forgiveness in the same way that God doesn't keep score with me, thank the Lord, because <laughs> I'd be in big trouble. Right. I'd be like a negative million <laughs> and a half probably. Boy, I, can I just interrupt there? Because that has been, for me, a, a rather revolutionary thing to grab onto these past five or ten years is all God really wants me to do is love my spouse and those around me like he loves me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't outdo him, and yeah. I can't love like him without his power in me. Yeah. And so I, I'm i sorry, I, that was a really powerful thing you just said, and I've got to affirm it. We have to love like God loves. Well, mm-hmm. I feel very affirmed. Thank <laughs> yes. you. The, I'll affirm you again. It's so interesting <laughs> that that's what you picked because that's what initially what I underlined as far as what spoke oh, to really? me. It keeps no records of wrongs. And I didn't realize that's what you had picked. But then I picked another one. So I'll, I'll say this one. What stands out to me is it always hopes and always perseveres. Mm. And that's so important that we're all going to go through those difficult seasons, those difficult things that we have an opportunity to forgive. There's such a difference between doing that with bitterness and resentment in our heart versus hope and knowing that we're going to get through this together and just continuing to see that idea within our heart is going to make all the difference. And I love that one, one translation concludes within love never gives up. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's exactly, Aaron, to your point, that's what I want you to know. I'm with you till the end. Yeah, that's, um, that's a bedrock of, of a long-lasting relationship. And uh, for more inspiration to keep your marriage going the distance, uh, get a copy of Bob Lapine's great book. It's called Love Like You Mean It, and we've got copies of that here at the ministry. Uh, make a donation today, uh, either a monthly gift of any amount or a one-time donation, and we'll send a copy of that book to you. Uh, again, details are in the show notes. Also, we'll have the entire conversation with Bob. Uh, that includes content that you heard today and much, much more. Uh, we'll link over to that in the show notes as well. Next time, uh, we'll be addressing something called the humble brag. And uh, for now, on behalf of Greg and Aaron Smalley and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. <laughs>